Welcome to the BioCurious Podcast with your host, Kayla Osterhoff. As a health scientist, biohacker, and generally curious person, I'm always looking for new ways to optimize and integrate mind, body, and spiritual health. I created this podcast to explore the magic and science of human biology and expand your consciousness through learning. If you enjoy the episode that you're about to hear, please leave a review and share it with someone who can benefit from the information. Now let's get curious. Welcome back to another episode of the BioCurious Podcast. I hope you had a good week and are ready to learn all about Sean Wells' new book, The Energy Formula. Sean talks about his inspiration for writing the book and how he utilizes the six pillars of the formula to energize his life. At the end of the episode, there is a live audience Q&A, and if you would like to listen to an episode live, download the Clubhouse app and follow Kayla. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode and learn something new. Sean Wells, thank you so much for joining the BioCurious podcast again. I think you are the only uh, guest that I have had on the podcast three times now, or is it four? Three or four times. Um, And I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm proud to hold that uh, that honor. Um, It really is an honor to be on with you, Kayla. And it's amazing to have your friendship uh, in my life and to lean on you and learn from you and and even be doing things with you that's that's fun as we present at conferences and do events together. It's It's been amazing. So thank you so much. Ah, yes. I love you so much, my friend. And it has been just so fun to watch how everything is blooming and unfolding for you and for us and all the cool events that we've been doing. So I'm just so honored to have you on the podcast here again. And today is a very, very special day, not because it's April Fool's, but because your book has finally come out. It is launched. It is live. um, And folks can actually go and grab it and read it as soon as today. So we're going to talk about um, what your book is all about. We're going to talk about all the juicy tips, tricks, and secrets that you share um, for the energy formula. But before we do, for anyone who is not familiar with you and your background, can you tell us a little bit about what brought you into this field of work and what was the catalyst for writing this book? Oh man, uh, you know I think with anyone that's that's really good at what they do or distinguished in their field, uh, there's there's a why behind it, there's a passion behind it, there's a hero's journey behind it, and for me that's certainly the case. I've been morbidly obese at 300 pounds plus, and I've been anorexic at a, at 150 pounds, and I've been orthorexic at 220 pounds. I've had uh, a lot of autoimmune issues. I had six months in bed in pain and inflamed with Epstein-Barr, Hashimoto's, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome. I had uh, a pituitary tumor that was pushing on my eyes, giving me a headache. My testosterone was in the 70s. uh, And I was, again, feeling like I was going to die. I've had just a number of health issues and and really dealt with depression and, and suicidal thoughts at many points in my life, which is something I've really opened up about in the in the recent uh, past, like maybe over the past two years, which really led me, once I started opening up about that, that's when I started moving into the plant medicine space, which has evolved me. And by the way, <laughs> I rewrote this book over like the last year and a half or so, about three times. And then even when I got to recording it, and yes, I recorded it myself, and yes, that is extremely difficult. Um, I recorded it in LA. I thought it was good, a B plus. And then I decided to re-record it because I wanted an A plus. And um, that was a lot of work. And there's just a lot in this book that is about my journey. You know, when 
when I got into nutrition and supplementation, a lot of it was around my uh, insecurity and, and wanting to be more athletic, having a better aesthetic. And so I was very focused on sports nutrition and aesthetics. And then when I had my autoimmune uh, breakdown, that's when I got very into longevity and autoimmunity. And then when I had my brain tumor about eight years ago, that's when I got into cognitive health. And I had just come from long-term care in hospitals and dealing with Alzheimer's dementia. And, and then now more recently, I'm very focused on um, depression and, and talking about mental health and also plant medicine journeys and what those stacks are going to be around that with trying to bring the science to the mysticism as we're seeing a lot of people do. And, and I'm having so much joy in planning on doing some of those things with you. So that is my journey. That's how I got here. And I, I that's a great question. So thank you. Yeah, it has been so much fun to join you the last few years of your journey and just watch your evolution. Um, you really inspire so many people with not only your knowledge and advice and tips and biohacking and supplements and ingredients, um, but in sharing your personal story, there are so many people out there who are dealing with a lot of these same things. And you know, it's, it's not an easy topic to talk about, especially the mental health aspect or just being physically sick. People don't usually like to open up about this. They don't like to share that vulnerability. And something that you and I talked about, I think on our last episode that we did together was um, following a plant medicine journey that you and I had done together. Um, and we really opened up about that experience our own mental health struggles and our family origins and backgrounds that really contribute to that. Um, so just learning more about your story and the fact that you open up about this and share and you really have been through it, it just makes everything that you're sharing so much more impactful. I learned so much from you all the time and I just, I'm so excited for this book to come out because it really does capture um, all of your knowledge in one place and makes it really bite-sized and digestible. Um, I was lucky enough to get an advanced copy of the book and it's just so digestible that you just want to devour it and it's so easy to read, um, especially those little call-out sections that are the um, formulators corner. So I definitely want to get into all of that. But the, the first thing that I would love you to share with the audience is what exactly is the energy formula and what are folks getting into um, when, they, when they read your book? Yeah, you know, I was uh, obviously thinking of biohacking when I wrote this book, and that's a huge part, part of my background and your background, obviously, and a lot of my learnings. Uh, but at the same time, like I was talking about before, I think most of my life, and this was the hard part about really sharing and getting open, is that most of my life, I became an expert on biohacking as a means to survive what I was doing to my body, both physically and mentally, and how hard charging I was with my drive, but also like I, I had body dysmorphia and disordered eating, and and to really open up about that um, was so cathartic for me because, you know, as a, as a dietitian, as a, as a influencer, sports nutritionist, you know, biochemist, all this stuff, like it's, it's hard to say like, you're far from perfect. And, and at times you feel broken, but I, I got good about saying my, my broken is my beautiful and it's what sets me apart. It's what gives me my hero's journey. It's what gives me my empathy. And it's why I really wanted to create this book this is my gift back to all the people that have supported me and transformed me and are looking for answers, but don't want to go through what I feel like is the hell the gift. Like I, you know, the ebook is available for 99 cents and, and the, uh, hardcover is 39.99. It costs me 39.80 to make it because they're both full color front to back. And, the hardcover is beautiful because it's literally just the best quality printing and color. And I just wanted that out there in the world. But like you said, like this, it's, 
it's a book that you know i i didn't want to write like fourth to sixth grade level which is what they say to do with a mainstream book i i kind of wrote more let's say 10th to 12th grade level it's definitely accessible uh i didn't want to go too you know scientific high level and i didn't want to go uh too simple but what i did i think that makes it easily accessible like you're talking about is i did chapter summaries that are bulleted I did these um, uh, formulators corners that have all the brands and doses and forms of supplements in every chapter. Uh, there's surveys in every chapter that uh, assess your progress. There's resource hacks that go through the devices and tips and techniques and apps uh, that you need. And you know, there's 60 full color diagrams. Uh, there's over a hundred scientific citations. So this thing, like you can literally just pick it up and open it for two minutes and get awesome stuff. And that's something that I'm super proud of. And the energy formula means it's an acronym. I was playing around with like so many things of like, how do I separate out these chapters? And it, and it just kind of fell into place of it being an acronym for experiment. So that's kind of the, the biohacking, the, the testing, the uh, epigenetics, the blood work, et cetera, bioindividuality. So that's the first E. Then nutrition with paleo, keto, Mediterranean, carnivore, vegan, et cetera, what works for you, how to do it. Uh, that's the N. And then going into the next E uh, is exercise. And I get into high-intensity interval training and all the cool hacks like uh, intraset stretching, occlusion training, blood flow restriction, it's also called all that kind of cool stuff, the science around why exercise is so important as we age. Uh, going into the R routines, so uh, looking at circadian rhythm and the SCN and morning and nighttime routines and what that looks like. And then the G for growth, uh, growth mindset like stoicism, also looking at nootropics like CBD, MCTs, etc. Um, and also fasting is covered there. And then the last one is the why for your tribe. And that gets into the, you know, the blue zones and community and the Harvard study uh, that covers, uh, you know, how important it is to have quality of relationships and and, you know, you're the product of the five people closest to you and all those things that you've heard through the years. This is one of the most critical components that, that you and I have seen so much benefit from recently with our with our soul fam that we've built out and our and our daily mastermind that we do. And honestly, I think that's the most important one that it finishes on. The book kind of goes from the most grounded and scientific to more maybe more woo as it goes. <laughs> Uh, along, but I, I think it's um, it's a beautiful process that the book goes through to bring you along through what I feel like is living a more energized life, and I've lived a life with very little energy, and uh, and this is my process. There's a lot of my stories in there as well, and so I'm super proud of what what's out there now, and I do feel like it's an A plus. I'm excited about it. I couldn't agree with you more. It's an A plus in my book. And it's kind of like, um, it's like the biohackers textbook almost. That's how I like to think about it because it's like every aspect of health and how to optimize it, um, with really succinct, easy, simple, stepwise tips, tricks, and recommendations. And I really like that because a lot of times you read a book and you love it and it gives you all that this theoretical knowledge and um, stories, but then you're left wondering like, well, okay, but what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. And with your book, you will not question what you're supposed to do. It's very, very straightforward in terms of, hey, here's the knowledge, here's the education behind it, the theory, here's my story, and here's exactly what you do. Here's step one, two, three. So I love that. It's, it's very um, easy to follow and it gives you so many tangible pieces of advice to follow. So um, what I would love to do is go through each of these aspects of the energy formula and just hear like maybe you could share just like one really solid tip from each of these. And then I would also love to hear how you are, your own processes of evolving and like how you're applying each of these aspects in your own life currently. 
So if you're up for it, um, let's start with experiment. So this is definitely the uh, core of biohacking. It's the foundation that I think we are all here gathered around. So um, how are you applying this aspect in your life currently? Like what kinds of things are you experimenting with? And also what's one tangible tip that our listeners could follow? Oh, that's great. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm doing that I didn't necessarily put in the book in terms of like advanced, super advanced level stuff. Like I think there might be a second book, but I really wanted this book to be super accessible. Like, you know, like some of these biohackers, it's like a three hour morning routine and there's, there's enemas and peptides and <laughs> brain mapping and, <laughs> oh you know, gosh, all yes. this kind of stuff. Um, and I do some of those things, uh, but, you know, I wanted this to be something that, like, anyone could pick up, literally anyone could pick up and grab things and do them today for free for the most part. And that's something that I'm super proud of. Really, I think the most important uh, aspect of the experiment chapter is establishing bio-individuality. And I think this is something you can appreciate, Kayla, coming from science, like, when we hear the idea of, um, you know, something being proven or scientific fact or experts say or, you know, whatever. This is all marketing uh, that, that studies are directional. Like even a great study, you know, and we've talked about typically studies are done with 18 to 24-year-old men that are athletically fit, that are affluent, that are white, that are, you know, the, this and that. And it's great to have that data, definitely not disparaging that, but, and, and honestly, that's the, the typical um, uh, set that I use for my studies on ingredients and things as well, because it's just the most accessible, it's predictable-ish, but that's not 8 billion people, and you can't like say that that equals 8 billion people, and you will expect these results. It's directional. It helps. These are healthy young males. Uh, but know that like, even in these studies uh, that I've conducted, there are super responders and there's also non-responders. And then we're taking the average of you know, that data and saying, like, here's where we ended up on average statistically. And this is what we saw. And any good study ends with and we need to do more research because there's nothing that's conclusive. There's nothing that is uh, that finite. It's just directional. All data is directional. So whenever you see scientific fact or proof or whatever, it is, it is marketing. That's not science any longer. Science is a search for the truth, but in, in essence, you never essentially get it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I always like to say a scientific fact is a scientific fact until another scientific fact comes along and disproves the old one. And that becomes the new scientific fact. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, I think that's just critical to be aware of like that. I talk about in this chapter, really exploring what works for you. And the scientific method is knowing that uh, you only do one of those things at a time. So that's really important that you can assess uh, the efficacy of something and say, okay, this thing is working for me or not working for me. And then I will adopt it or not adopt it. And then I will try the next thing. And that sounds so simple, but most people do not do this. And they'll, you know, take on several things like kind of the new year's thing where it's like, I'm going to start keto fasting the gym, you know, these new pair of like low drop sneakers. I'm going to wear my red light glasses. I'm going to you know, do meditation and breath work. And it's like, and then you're like stressed and, and none of this is working. I don't know. But that's not a really good method. And, uh, you know, doing like at least a week of, of one thing and then taking it from there and going on to the next thing is kind of critical. Um, so that's the, some of the stuff that I dis discussed in that experiment chapter that I think is really important to establish that baseline for yourself, that to know that, this supplement, this diet, this intervention, this biohack may or may not work for you in varying degrees. And you need to be okay with that and understand that. And these things just don't work for everyone. I mean, just like, 
you know, we have MTHFR and, you know, these different things that make us unique. And so understanding that and then getting the data with blood work, with genetics, with, with understanding yourself and listening to your body are all very important endpoints. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And this is definitely the message that I've been sharing, especially around women's health because of what you talked about, the science gap that exists, the research gap that exists um, most significantly for women who are mostly left out of the research because they are um, very difficult research subjects considering their unique bio-individuality that changes constantly throughout the course of a month. So I love that this is the centerpiece of the opening chapter of your book. And I couldn't agree with you more. Self-experimentation, biohacking, whatever you want to call it, it is the basis for our health sovereignty. And it's the way that we can get back in control and ownership of our health and well-being. And that is the most important aspect. And even as a scientist myself, that the science is based around curiosity. It's the, it's the name of my brand, right? BioCurious. So as a scientist, the whole reason why we get into this field is because we're curious. And especially when it comes to the health sciences, it's being curious about the body and wondering like, okay, if I do this, what is going to happen? And so we, as biohackers, we are all scientists and we are all doing these little experiments on ourselves, and then collecting the data and seeing what the outcome is and adjusting and moving forward. So I love that you set the basis of the energy formula with experimentation. So that brings me to the second topic, which is new nutrition. And this one is a little bit tricky and something that I often get very frustrated with is diets and fats like keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, uh, Mediterranean, or low carb or whatever. And people especially men, unfortunately, have a habit of pushing one of these diets and saying it's the thing that's going to work for everyone. And that is typically true for men because they're repeating, like you said, young, healthy men are repeating on a 24-hour cycle. And so they can actually get away with and thrive doing the same exact routine day in and day out. Whereas for women, this can be extremely detrimental. So when people come to me, and they ask, like, what diet do you follow? And my answer is, first of all, I don't diet um, because that is limiting and it's not sustainable. And it's, um, it's something that you cannot carry forward if it's considered a diet and you're labeling that as you're in your mind. And the other thing is, I think there are huge benefits of every style of diet out there um, that can really be taken little pieces and aspects of each thing and apply it to create a bio-individual diet that works well for you that may not work well for your neighbor or your partner or your friend. Um, so I would love to hear, first of all, what kind of uh, nutrition lifestyle you follow and then what is like one low-hanging fruit tip that the audience can use? Uh, that's a great question. And I totally agree with you. And, and the book gets into that, like on the foundation of what we talked about in, in experiment of, of being that explorer, as you mentioned, uh, living that N of one study uh, and, and really that, that exploration and um, that mindset of being um, a reframer, a someone who grants themselves grace and someone who explores their their body and their space and has that sovereignty is definitely covered in the growth chapter. So I love that you said that. That's beautifully stated. Um, for me, I do the Holy Trinity, if it were, <laughs> of, of paleo, keto, and fasting. Um, I started doing keto about 20 years ago, and that helped me with my autoimmune issues pretty dramatically. At the time when I was doing keto, it was it did include things like, and I was, and I didn't have much money and didn't have the same awareness. Um, you know, I was doing things like, uh, you know, KFC grilled chicken patties with mayonnaise and cheese and, you know, Diet Cokes oh, no. and whatever. <laughs> but you know, things have radically changed around like the, the keto community has really picked up the whole food, the paleo concepts. It, things have really changed just dramatically on, our understanding of, of health. 
and um it's it's beautiful too like i love the idea of, of whole food really needs to be the foundation that's what i talk about in the book um you know whether you're vegan or carnivore or mediterranean in in between you know what we see is you can be healthy on any dose I mean, just like with omnivores herbivores and carnivores in, in animals it wasn't until the onset of ultra processed food that we saw you know things like gmos and antibiotics and artificial colors flavors and sweeteners and high bliss point foods that are manipulating your brain for dopamine and serotonin and you know, all of this stuff, like being put into our food supply, it was never like plants are bad, or, you know, the meat is bad, or any of that stuff, until it got tainted. Um, you know, really, whole food should be the point that we don't argue on. Um, and then to me, what matters is, you know, what you can do to your point as a lifestyle, like, yes, I do keto, but I do like cyclical and targeted those things are, are really important, like that I've found because I don't consider it a cheat when I have carbohydrates. I consider it, uh, you know, planned carbohydrates and I enjoy them. The whole point is that I enjoy these things, that I don't like beat myself up about them. And keto has actually helped me like to say that I don't like that birthday cake that comes from the grocery store that tastes like whipped whipped cream or Crisco or, you know, like this gross, like, like if I'm going to have my carbs, it's going to be something worthwhile and good. And I dang sure enjoy it. And I plan for that. And then I get right back on my keto horse or you know whatever. And, and it's great. And, or I do some, a little bit of fasting or a little extra exercise, like high intensity interval training or whatever. Um, but it helps me with metabolic flexibility too, which, which I talk about in the book as well. And I think that's important. And to your point, uh, for women, it is different and, you know, for, for everyone, it's different. Um, you know, this is what I found works for me and I have maintained, I do quote unquote keto, but it's a very met flex keto, like where I do have my carbs. I just plan them, the types of carbs, the timing of the carbs around workouts or on when I'm hanging out with friends or when I'm playing uh, volleyball or whatever, like I have my carbs and I enjoy them. So um, for me, that's what works. And I do intermittent fasting, uh, 16 and eight typically. Uh, and I do some extended fasts here and there. Um, so that's what's worked for me. And uh, like I said, in the book, it's, it's all about uh, explaining what can work for you and exploring those things as you said, with sovereignty and not making yourself fit in any box. And I love how flexible you are with your routine. And I think that comes with a level of experimentation, trying things on, seeing what fits, seeing what works, and then moving on from things that don't really work well. And I think something that you said that's really, really important with all of these things, with all the biohacks you're doing, lifestyle changes, everything, is if it is making your life less enjoyable, then maybe it's not actually healthy. <laughs> so I, I always like to bring that forward. If, you're, if your biohacking routine is like stressing you out and making you sick, then it's probably not working for you. So same thing with diet, exercise, all of this stuff. So um, moving on to exercise, what I would love to know is how can we hack our exercise routine, especially because I think most of the people listening in today are extremely busy, high-performance people. A lot of them are entrepreneurs, CEO, business owners, and they don't necessarily have a lot of time. So how can we work out smart to get the biggest bang for our buck? Awesome. I've got several here. Um, so high-intensity interval training, you have have heard of i'm sure everyone here has heard of but i'm telling you the the results are dramatically better than low intensity steady state or slow go cardio or whatever you want to call it like typical exercise as it was known circuit training all of these kinds of things when you're training at 90 95 100 percent of your threshold this is true with any hormetic type of uh, concept like that's where the adaptation takes place that's where your body says, whoa, 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 we need to change things up here so that we can reach homeostasis 
that's where hormesis comes in to reach the next level of homeostasis, right? So that you can maintain some level of stability. Um, and that's only going to happen at those higher thresholds. Is it beneficial to do exercise at low intensity steady state? Yes, of course, like you're burning calories, you're moving your body, but the greatest um, adaptation and evolution of your body is going to happen at those higher thresholds. That's why data has shown that like five to 10 minutes of, of hit is going to supersede an hour of doing typical uh, exercise in the gym. And then add to that, there's other things that you can do, some hacks that I like that I talk about in the book um, that are going to elicit greater adaptations that are essentially tricking your body into thinking like it's much further into the workout. So some of those are, you've probably done like supersets or drop sets. Uh, that's where you're taking less rest time, you're putting, you're kind of chaining uh, certain exercises together that's one thing. And then doing what's called occlusion training or blood flow restriction, or it's also called katsu in Japan, um, that's going to cause that cell swelling and the lactic acid buildup and the burn that you feel usually towards the end of your uh, rep and sets. So that's what's going to get you there faster at a much lower weight. So what's really cool is I mean, one, it's great to use this um, to instantly get uh, cell swelling and feel like that, that um, swole feeling again that you feel towards the end of, of your sets uh, and you get that right away. But what's amazing with it is you can deload. So you can do like, I was just talking about training like very heavy or at the highest end of your threshold, this allows you to go to like 30 or 40%. So if you've had injuries, uh, issues with certain joints, you can get like the same benefits of, of training much heavier with a much lighter load by doing occlusion training. And occlusion training is going to really stack well if you do supersets or drop sets with it. Like think of like... Um, it, like a drop set, for example, would be if you were doing curls with the pulley and the weight stack and you keep moving the pin down as you exhaust, right? Like, so like, you know, you, you do 10 reps at, you know, 60 pounds and then you move it up to 50 and you try and get as many as you can there and then you move it to 40, et cetera. And if you're using these occlusion cuffs, like around the top of your bicep at what would be a seven or eight out of 10, and you can buy these uh, cuffs like on Amazon um, and you don't want to cut off uh, arterial uh, blood flow. You, you're, you're, um, kind of putting pressure on venous blood flows more, more superficial. So that's why you do it like a seven or eight out of 10. And then the last one that I would throw at you is called intraset stretching. So again, if you're thinking about, for example, doing curls and you do your set of curls without bouncing at the top or the bottom so that you have constant what's called time under tension and then uh, at, as you finish your set at, you flex out your tricep as hard as possible what this is doing is lengthening the bicep and so that you feel it's fully stretched so now that bicep is has time under tension as well you're not resting it in between the sets so that you when you go right back into your next set let's say 30 or 60 seconds later then your muscle is pre-fatigued and uh, even to a greater degree so this is one of those things that again has shown greater uh, results in hypertrophy and uh and fiber recruitment and muscle innervation etc so uh, those are some hacks. The last one I'll throw at you because I'm a supplement guy is a really cool ingredient called L-Beba. And uh, it's under the brand name Mitoburn. And L-Beba is beta amino isobutyric acid. It's a signal in the body uh, when your body is uh, catabolizing uh, the branch chain amino acid pool in the muscle when you're doing intense exercise. It converts L-Valine, one of the BCAAs, into uh, L-Beba and L-Beba is the signal to your body that intense exercise is happening and literally we're finding that everything is associated with it like bone mineral density um, having more muscle mass and more fiber recruitment and innervation like I was talking about 
uh, reduced fat mass and better utilization of fatty acids, improved glycogen synthesis and storage, uh, bone, uh, yeah, bone mineral density, like I said, uh, BDNF, all these things like are enhanced uh, with higher levels of L-BABA in the plasma. And so it makes a great supplement uh, to augment your workouts and, and add to that. So you're getting more out of every rep and every step. So uh, those are all hacks that I would add to your exercise to elicit faster results. Oh my gosh. So many great hacks there. And I think um, people will be especially excited about the last one because, you know, unfortunately we're always looking for the quick fix trick pill. Um, and fortunately that actually exists for exercise. So um, that's kind of cool. It's definitely something that I want to check out for myself and, um, and maybe add into, uh, my own exercise routine. So that's exciting. Um, so talking about routine, that's our next one. And something that I typically ask all of my podcast guests, and I've asked you before, and I'm sure it's changing all the time. Um, what exactly is your morning routine and evening routine like, and then what is a suggestion that you have for the audience in creating their own routine? Yeah, you know, like, and, and the data here is is really powerful on, you know, the SCN, the suprachiasmatic uh, nucleus, um, which is kind of like the master clock for your circadian rhythm in your body. And, and we're just learning more and more and more. To your point, you were talking about before that 24-hour clock and how much we are controlled by the sun and the moon and how much we do need light and lack of light. Uh, and these different wavelengths of, of light. And it's all just fascinating uh, how all of that is evolving. And I love Dr. Sachin Panda's data um, on all of those things with circadian rhythm on when we should be eating. And, and those are things that I've adopted as well that I, I try and eat during the daylight hours um, and, and avoid uh, like late night eating, et cetera. Um, but for me, my morning routine and morning routine, by the way, like if you look at uh, Tim Ferriss, Tools of Titans, where he interviewed so many legends of, of all the industries, really, uh, it's amazing all the people that he's interviewed. And he found two things in common uh, with these super successful people. One, they had a dialed morning routine. And two, they had that explorer reframer mindset that we were talking about before that resilient mindset of, of uh, seeing the opportunities in things having gratitude for things being able to reframe something that people would think is a negative uh, that makes you so resilient mentally and so those are two massive things and for me that morning routine you know I have a good morning routine uh, I have some biohacker friends that have you know, like Ben Greenfield, it's a three-hour routine, and, and for some, that's overwhelming, but I've talked to people about just doing 10 minutes. You know, if you wake up and you hear, bamp, 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 and you have the cortisol and the epinephrine going, and you get out of bed and you're exhausted because you've gotten five to six hours of sleep because you stayed up watching Game of Thrones or the ball game, and we're the only species that forces ourselves to stay awake like this, by the way which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but your neurons are firing more slowly. That's been shown with data. They're starved for energy. You have essentially acute brain energy gap and, and you're in a state of insufficient cellular energy and you're acutely insulin resistant when you're not getting enough sleep. So we're reaching for the coffee. We're reaching for the energy drink, for the donut, for the sugar, for whatever. And then, you know, you're jumping in your car, you're running late, you're exhausted, uh, you're checking your email, uh, you're going down that rabbit hole, you're distracted with your phone, you're getting busy, but you're not productive. And then you're just, you're, you're thinking about what, what you're going to have for lunch. And, you know, you have the pizza and the soda, because you just don't have the energy to do it today. Like, you know, I'll leave that that other stuff that I'm going to do, the healthy eating in the gym and whatever tomorrow. I'm just struggling. I'm just surviving today. And then it's even tougher on the back half of the day because you already had the crap sugar and you're tired. 
And so you might get like another soda or candy bar from the vending machine. And then you're driving home, you're exhausted. You finally flop down on the couch and you're watching Game of Thrones and the ball game again. And I'm sure a lot of people can, you know, connect with that. But if you just give 10 minutes where the light comes on and gets a little bit brighter in the room, you can get apps and lamps that do this, where the sound comes in as chimes that get a little louder and closer together and you ease into waking up and then you do some box breathing where you do like a four to eight second box where you breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold for four seconds, repeat that three or four times and then do some gratitude. I'm so thankful that I woke up this morning. I'm thankful that I have a job. I'm thankful that I have a dog or cat licking my face right now, or, you know, a significant other next to me. I'm thankful there's sunshine out. I'm thankful for all my friends and family in my life. There's so many things that are going right in your life that it's amazing. And we usually focus on the things that aren't, but 99 out of a hundred things are amazing. And then having affirmations, you know, saying like, I am, and whatever follows that statement is transformative. I am beautiful. I am happy. I am successful. Those are all states of being and what I've learned to be not achievements. I used to think that those were all achievements, uh, that at some level I would be successful, happy, sexy. When I got to this weight, this car, you know, this job, whatever, like then, then I would be happy, successful, sexy. Those are all states of being. You can have them now if you do your affirmations and change that voice from the inner uh, critic to the inner champion, because if anyone talked to you like you talked to you, you wouldn't be their friend. So start changing that voice. Hear yourself. You're, you're your most powerful advocate. So change that voice. And then, you know, just getting out of bed, doing some light stretching, moving your body, grounding your body. It's really great, obviously, if you can get out in the sunshine and do some barefoot grounding in the grass and just grabbing a glass of water. And all of that takes about 10 minutes. And then when you get to work, if you do what I was talking about, you know, whether works at home or at the office, where for two hours, you don't check email, you're not distracted, you do that deep work, uh, as Cal Newport talks about, or you, as Tim Ferriss talks about in the four hour work week, the Pomodoro technique, and using these techniques to really uh, hone in and, and uh, not do distracted work. And you'll feel so accomplished. Think about all these things that you've done by 10 a.m. And now at 10 a.m., you're into your uh, intermittent fasting eating window because I do that from 10 to 6. And now I can have something to eat. And maybe when everyone else is going to lunch, you can go take a walk and get some sunshine. You know, this is like a, a much different day. And, and really, all it took was 10 minutes, 10 minutes to really change everything. I love that. And I think I'm a big fan of starting off your day on the right foot. You know, this is something that like our mothers told us when we were kids is start off on the right foot. If you got out of bed on the wrong side of the bed, get back in and get out on the right side of the bed. Right. And so that has to do with how you wake up and physiologically looking at if the way you wake up is very jarring and stressful. Again, like you said, you're just going to be pumping that, those stress hormones and really putting your nervous system in, in rev mode throughout the whole day. And that'll be very, very exhausting. Um, I used to start my day that way. And now I start my mornings out slow and the rest of my day goes so much smoother. And even looking at my heart rate variability scores and looking at my stress levels and all of my metrics that I collect um, show that my body is physically more healthy and happy uh, when I start my day out slow. So I love those tips. Um, going into the next one, and I do want to leave like 10 minutes for questions, so we might have to zoom through the next two, but the next one is growth. So um, just giving our audience an idea of, of what the growth uh, aspect of the energy formula is, and then um, maybe a tip that they can try right away. Yeah, so growth, like I said, I, I get into, um, it's really about resilient mindset. And, and resilience is, is kind of the through line in this book, talking about allostatic load and that stress bucket and understanding how we can maximize resilience and be 
uh, more anti-fragile, if, if you will. And so um, that growth mindset is really stoicism. That's the idea of the obstacle is the way, uh, just like Ryan Holiday talks about. And that's something that I explore pretty heavily in that chapter. And, and I really think is the game changer. I would recommend that, that uh, everyone that's listening read that book and understand stoicism to know that essentially, again, it's that reframing mindset. It's knowing that there's opportunity or lessons in everything, just like, um, you know, uh, all these all these uh, experimenters uh, do that, you know, they, they they're clear like Edison, for example, he says it's not a, a wasted uh, experiment. He's it's not a failed experiment. He said, now I know what it's not. And it's just like everything that you win or you learn. There's lessons in everything. So it's not you win or you lose. So reframing that and understanding that the obstacle is the way that this is how I actually find my passion. This is how I understand my purpose. This is where I gain my strength. It's so important to get into that mindset. You will live a much, much happier life. Uh, so that's a critical component of the book. I love that. And I think growth mindset is the thing that we should be promoting because so many people out there are promoting a positive mindset or positive thinking or positive psychology, right? But it's really about growth mindset. So we're not always going to be happy and joyful and positive. And that is fine. We don't have to always be in those states to be moving forward. It's more about growth. What is benefiting us and how do we see and perceive the world around us in a way that is beneficial and moving forward towards our goals. Um, so I love that. The next one is tribe. This is probably my favorite one in the whole book because you are such an important aspect of my personal tribe. And everybody knows the saying out there, the five people that you spend your most time with are who you'll become, right? And so I'm so lucky to have people like you in my tribe and many more than five people who are just amazing badasses who just inspire me daily. And especially our little mastermind that we have that we connect every single day is full of incredible, incredible people who really, really push me forward. Um, and so tell us a little bit about Tribe and why that's so important. And then what is a tip that you can share with folks in building their own personal Tribe? Tribe is massive. And just like you're saying, Kayla, it was with great intention that I put together our group from our soul fam kind of handpicked a, a group of growth-oriented, biohacking, beautiful souls that uh, five other people around me and around you uh, as it is. So, And we literally talk every day uh, with our signal group, our pod, and then we do the, the weekly Zoom call. And it's been such a beautiful thing to feel that support, to have that infrastructure in place of like-minded people. It's great that you have friends and family around you, but you need to consciously choose, to your point, those people that are making you who you are, that are supporting you, that are mentoring you when you are mentoring back. You want to have these people be someone you want to emulate in a number of categories. It doesn't have to be with one thing. Like each person can kind of be the expert or or the someone that you want to emulate in in gratitude, in business success in this or that and so our group is has been transformative for me and something i love and in the book i get into obviously the the blue zones and, and looking at that uh that these people that are super centenarians and, and living uh, over a hundred years and why and it's not because they're doing you know enemas and peptides and you know red light therapy necessarily it's because they have community and connection and purpose and those are probably the most essential components of all these people that are that are living so long. And also the, the greatest study of all time, the, the Harvard study uh, that's over 80 years running and many generations in now and looking at full families, they look at genetics, they look at blood work, they look at uh, all these different factors. And the number one determinant of longevity is quality of relationships in that study. And, you know, it's just so powerful to know that someone's got your back. They even found that, like, even with couples that live a, a long time and stay healthy, it's not necessarily that they're even, like, 
super uh, positive and loving all the time. Like some of them were even chippy to each other, but they found that like, they were clearly having each other's backs and that mattered like to, to know that someone's always there for you and acting on your behalf. And I think that's the beauty of having your tribe and, you know, whether it's again, this, this soul family like we have or a mastermind or mentors um, you know, whatever it looks like, your significant other, obviously we have to consciously choose that. And that's just so important. It's, I love finishing the book on this chapter, uh, because I feel like it's the most essential piece. I couldn't agree with you more. And I love referencing that study that talks about the quality of the relationships being the largest or most um, beneficial correlate of the quality of your life. I definitely find that to be true in my own life. Um, so I have just one final question for you before we open up to the audience for questions. Since I already heard about your morning routine, if you could just provide one piece of tangible advice to help the audience listening right now to improve the quality of their life overall, what would it be? For me, the most important thing that I've done in my life is to first and foremost, grant myself grace. And that's where, again, I, I think I had the inner critic on full blast. And um, I see that a lot with people that the harshest voice in their life is their own. And you know, other people see that and that becomes the, the bar in terms of how to treat you is how you're treating yourself. If you love yourself and set boundaries well, other people will see that and treat you uh, in accord. And um, if you're not doing that, then you can get mistreated and because you're mistreating yourself. So I feel like, and that's part of that, also the exploration we talked about earlier, um, that's part of granting yourself grace too, is just allowing yourself to quote unquote, screw up, to be broken, to make mistakes and whatever, and shift that into all positive things that I'm learning lessons. I'm finding things that are interesting. I'm exploring, seeing what works for me and what doesn't. I think those are the most important aspects that you are the great study and you are the great uh, participant. You're the actor in your own play. You're the author of your own story. And just allow yourself that grace. Yes, I love that so much. We are the creators of our own experience. So that's amazing. Uh, we have a couple of questions from the audience, so we're going to move into that. So the first person we have up to the stage is Arjan. Welcome to the stage. So hi, Kayla. Hi, Sean. Hello. Uh, thanks for sharing all this great stuff. Um, and uh, I just uh, bought your book, uh, Sean. And uh, my question would be to you, you you talk about giving yourself grace. Uh, but what's your trick? How do you do that? Because I have a, lo a lot of similarities with you. I also lost a lot of weight and I really optimized myself, but I'm kind of stuck in a, in a place and I want to move forward and I'm not sure where to go. Do I go to peptides or whatever? But your gray story really struck me. So what would be your advice to really engage that? That's great. That's a great question, Arjun. And, and I appreciate you buying the book as well. That means so much to me. Um, you know, and, and this is the point that all the biohacks for me was how I was surviving. I, that's how I got good at biohacking because I was abusing my body physically and mentally. Uh, and I was surviving using all the biohacks. And now it's so much different when you grant yourself grace, when you have that resilient mindset, when you are stoic with your thinking, that all of these things become optimizations on a solid foundation of thriving. And so I, I think looking for uh, one ways to, to build that, that resilient mind is going to be helpful by, um, you know, reading books such as The Obstacles of the Way, like my book, listening to podcasts like Kayla's, 
uh, putting growth-minded people around you, constructive uh, mentors around you, again, consciously choosing that five, like go find like these people in your life or even outside of your life right now that can help build you up. And, and as Kayla said, you know, be your own creator, like be this, this journeyer, this explorer and, uh, and, and just try new things. I mean, that's, that's the key is like getting out there every day and trying new things because it's exciting when you do and, and do not beat yourself up for something that doesn't work for you. It's like, now you know what it's not. And that's beautiful that you're, you're understanding yourself on a deeper level through that exploration until you do that, you don't know who you are. So it's so critical to do, to grow, to be, uh, understand your full potential um so that would be my my recommendation it's a great question and and i'm here for you too uh if you have any questions dm me on instagram uh i'm here on clubhouse anytime like i i appreciate that that question is great thanks a million sean really a very nice answer and uh, you know uh uh, when you are into biohacking, you're 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 treated a lot like the family weirdo by a lot of people. So uh, good to resonate with some people who understand uh, uh, this uh, this whole mindset. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Arjan, and thank you, Sean, for answering these awesome questions. Uh, the next question we have is from Claudia. Welcome to the stage. Hey, Kayla. Hi, Sean. It was so nice to listen to you guys talk about your new book, The Energy Formula. I'm really excited to read it, by the way. But my question is around, and by the way, keeping this conversation real, I think is you guys just have done a brilliant job at making sure you're not just highlighting all the fluff and puff that's in the world of biohacking, that everything is puppies and butterflies. Because as biohackers, we experience all the lows too. We just learn to find a way back up. And my question is regarding that process. As we explore our own body and mind and spirit, we become better at recognizing when we are on a downward spiral of whether it's negativity or bad habits. What do you do? And how do you notice that you're going the wrong direction? And how do you change gears to go back up and toward growth? Yeah, that's a great question. And I uh, love you, Claudia. It's good to hear from you. And thank you for buying the book again as well. Um, you know, I would say that the plant medicine space has really helped me with this to become attuned to energy you know, speaking of energy formula, but like the energy in my body and how it's flowing and how it's moving and what aligns with me and what doesn't, um, it's become so clear through that space, but it's helped me now be more attuned to it outside of that space and finding ways to become grounded with, uh, that'll be complementary to plant medicine, or you could use instead of, if that's not something that, that resonates with you doing breath work, doing gratitude, doing affirmations, uh, having meditation or prayer, like those quiet times, those parasympathetic times allows you to tune in physically and mentally and spiritually to what's going on in your body and what aligns with you. And then again, having that great mentor group around you, the, the five, if you will, um, certainly is going to be helpful for people to give you that third person perspective and say, you know, hey, I noticed that when you talk about this, you kind of slump your shoulders and you seem drained and, you know, what's going on there. And, you know, those things are very helpful. And in the plant medicine space, we call them facilitators, but having, uh, you know, mentors around you is, is helpful as well. So uh, that would be my answer. It's a great question and something that I'm exploring uh, as well and, and trying to get better at as well. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was a fantastic answer. And I do notice a lot of myself too, when I notice something that is not serving me, just to find the right hacks and modalities that will bounce me back into thinking the things that I'm supposed to be thinking in order to 
go toward growth. Like I love the fact that you mentioned grounding and just getting outside. As you did that, it just reminded me that, oh my God, okay, it's a beautiful outside here in California today. And I have not touched the grass outside. So I did. And it was just something that I needed a reminder because otherwise I would be just sitting in front of my computer working. So thanks for that. Appreciate it. I love that so much. Thank you, Claudia. And again, thank you, Sean. We have one last question from the audience. Uh, Miriam, welcome to the stage. Okay, I have a question maybe following then um, the, the last question about plant medicine. Um, I have not had the chance to read the book, uh, Sean, yet, but congratulations on today's launch. And um, I just wonder what do you, what do you what do you tell uh, people who are or do you think that there is such a thing as overdoing it? Coincidentally, I had lunch today with a friend of mine, um, well, someone I just met, and she has done ayahuasca like something like you know 120 times. Um, is there such a thing as overdoing it, or what do you think that it's behind these practices when people, when it just looks like people are, uh, people sort of like lost their um, the idea behind of like why they're actually uh, using plant medicine? That's a wonderful question, and I think at the core of that is the bio individuality and granting yourself grace and chasing what energetically works for you at that given time at that point in your life. I have a friend of mine that's done over 400 journeys and she is Susie Batiz and uh, she is CEO of what's going to be a $1 billion company of poopery. And that's worked for her and she's been able to do that as a woman leading a company uh, over the past several years. And so it's hard to say like what builds success for someone is not what works for someone else. That may be certainly too much for someone else. And that's something that I cover in the book is that there's the idea of um, uh, the, the allostatic load concept of like hormesis, like that you can have a, a positive stress called eustress. And then at the center of this bell curve is the Goldilocks zone, the ideal amount of stress. And then at the other side of this curve is distress. And if you have too much going on in your life, then even things that are supposed to be new stresses, like red light, like keto, like fasting, like working out, like plant medicine, can become distresses. So it just, it depends on you and where you're at and how much grace you grant yourself. I mean, you're, you're causing yourself uh, stress in this allostatic load equation. So that's something to consider is like the grace is going to give you more room in your stress bucket. Mm. Thank you for that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Miriam. And thank you again, Sean. I would also add to that um, in with the plant medicine specifically, the way that I approach this is, you know, I, for me, there would be uh, too often or too much rhythm because I kind of go the, my routine with it is after I feel like I've fully integrated whatever learnings or benefits I've received from a journey, um, then I will feel like it's time to do another one. And I kind of just intuitively know when that is. So that's the approach that I personally take, but I think Sean is exactly right. It's everybody has their own rhythm and what is going to work best for them. And if they overdo it, you know, that's their own journey that they'll have to um, work on. <laughs> so I love that question. And Thank you again for coming up with your questions. Everybody who joined us from the audience, Sean, where can folks grab your book if they are interested in getting the full enchilada, the whole energy formula? Yeah. So uh, going to energyformula.com, you get all the bonuses. You get the fasting for energy guide, the hidden chapter on natural movement, uh, the Q and A's and all the cool stuff. Uh, but you can go directly to Amazon as well, but you'd miss out on those cool things. Uh, it is out now, and I appreciate the people that were in the room that already bought it. And uh, I have so much love and gratitude for the support and the sharing and the reviews. And those all go a long way when you share it and you, and you do reviews on, on Amazon, on Goodreads, on Barnes & Noble, etc. So just thank you for that. 
and you can find me at Sean Wells on Instagram, S-H-A-W-N-W-E-L-L-S. And then I'm on, uh, uh, obviously here, Clubhouse Biohacking at Biohacking and then SeanWells.com again, S-H-A-W-N. So I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for having me on, Kayla. I love you. And this has been awesome. I love you too. Thank you so much for everyone who is here with us and for sticking with us all the way to the end. I hope to connect with all of you soon. You know where to connect with Sean and you can also connect with me on Instagram or through the podcast platforms. I will see all of you soon. Until next time. I hope you liked this week's episode of the BioCurious podcast. If you enjoy listening and learn something, please leave us a review and share it with someone that could benefit. If you don't already, follow our Instagram at BioCuriousPodcast for teasers of new episodes, advice from old guests, biohacking quizzes, and if you tag this account with a screenshot of the episode, we will feature you on our story. Thank you for all the support and have a good day.